This is the Veterinary Project Podcast, episode 051, live in Calgary. Welcome to the show created by vets featuring absolutely no pets. This is the Veterinary Project Podcast, hosted by Dr. Michael Bug and Dr. Jonathan Light. Our resident veterinarians have swapped out their stethoscopes in favor of microphones to bring you the Veterinary Project Podcast, a show focused on real conversations aimed to connect this amazing profession full of remarkable people. Through the sharing of collective stories and wisdom and connecting over the many unique challenges we face, we invite you to join our community of veterinary professionals leading intentional lives. And now, here are the hosts of the Veterinary Project Podcast, Dr. Michael Bug and Dr. Jonathan Light. All right, welcome back to the Veterinary Project Podcast. Very different setup this time as Jonathan. We're face-to-face. What is going on here? I can see your eyes. I know. This is kind of weird. You <laughs> got the camera weird. over there staring you down. And we haven't seen each other what, 18? It's been a long time. With it's COVID. been a while. Two, two years, maybe? Yeah. I don't know. So anyway, I'm in Calgary. I am checking out Jonathan's new vet clinic. They're on week two. Um, he gave me the grand tour. Looks fantastic. And in this episode, we're going to go through the top five lessons learned or tips in opening a small animal veterinary clinic from Jonathan Light. That is excellent. But before we get into that, what's going on, Mike? Well, why are you, what are you in Calgary for? Well, you can see I never wear a hat. I'm wearing a hat today. I'm in town for a ball hockey tournament. So this is our, our team hats. Um, We just finished up our fourth game. So it's, we're recording this on Thursday, round robins over playoffs start uh, Friday and hopefully continue on to Saturday for us. So that's why I'm here. So yeah, got family coming in tonight. We're yeah. going to come watch it tomorrow night. Yeah. Stomping grounds. It's pretty exciting. Yeah. We got a few, uh, uh, Devin, I don't remember what episode he was on. He was texting and he might come watch too. So it'd be awesome. Sweet. A little bit of reunion. So we're doing this in one of our exam rooms, which is pretty cool. I didn't let the team know until this morning. I'm like, guys, I need one of the exam rooms. And they're like, yeah, let's do that. And so it's been pretty exciting. So happy to have you here as well. Yeah. And he was trying to convince his staff to kick me out when I walked in with all the video equipment, but <laughs> it didn't work. He got in here anyway. So, okay. Well, let's roll, Jonathan. Give Lay it on us. So what is, what is the number one tip or lesson learned uh, in opening Bridgeland Vet Clinic? All right. Well, I'll caveat the start of this conversation with going, these are just my personal opinions. They're the things that I have learned over the last year through year and a half. Um, but then again, from a management perspective previously, they're my opinions only. I'm missing things for sure. So therefore, don't hold me to the grave on these ones because they're going to change. And already I was on my phone with the contractor this morning in terms of lessons learned and things that will be done differently for the next one, without a doubt, but pretty exciting. So top five lessons that I have learned. The first is when you are going to choose your vet clinic and or what you're going to do for me, number one is location, 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 know the location that you want to go into and ensure that you do the proper research ahead of time. And the research doesn't have to be all intensive, but you have to have enough there that when you're then doing your business plan, you can really back up what you're doing and it makes economic sense. So in the case of Bridgeland here, we have approximately 20 to 25,000 people right now that are underserved from a veterinary capacity in this community and the four surrounding communities. So to me, that's massive. But the second piece to that is 
you could be in the right community, but then on the wrong street. You really need to know, you have to drive the streets, you have to walk the streets, you have to know where you're going if you're starting from scratch, because again, you need that foot traffic, you need the ability for people to see you, even though we're very much social media driven and we've got ads out for that, et cetera, still basically it's gonna be that foot traffic that gets you off the ground. So for me, location, 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 and uh, cannot emphasize that enough. Okay, I got a few follow-up questions. So I don't know Calgary at all, punched it in the GPS. And when I came in, I dropped in, I think off McLeod Trail. And when you hit Bridgeland, you can tell like it's got a cool vibrancy to it. Like there's you like you said, people walking around. There's like it must be a yoga studio because there's a bunch of people coming out. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it has that vibe. Did you look into like household income like economics at all of like neighbors because yeah, yeah so i took census data so wikipedia all i did is go into wikipedia and then the city of calgary i looked up 2011 data and i looked up 2016 data and i took that for the four immediate communities around even though i know we'll broadcast farther than that i took the median average income i took the median age and then based on my experience and go okay these demographics have x number of pets per family and therefore you can extrapolate from there to what you think your base is going to be. Definitely did that, included that in my business plan. And that's actually, I've, I've turned down locations in Calgary based on that initial research where it just was not coming up strong enough. And it really depends on the type of vet clinic that you're building as well. It's really dependent on what style, what niche, what area you're going to focus on, which comes into later for yeah. instance. Yeah. And then you said street specific. I mean, I'm looking out the window right, right now and there's good traffic, both vehicle, foot traffic. So that's lots exactly. of exposure. You want to be in front of people, mm-hmm. right? We are, we are a, a people business. Yes, we look after animals, but we are client centric. So you yeah. better be in front of clients. And First Avenue, where we are, uh, again, I was walking the street when I saw this. It was a little sign that said for lease. That's what started the Sega. This place had been empty for five years. Yeah. Think of the number of people that had been through here, had gone through the odyssey of trying to set up a lease um, and all those difficulties. Again, you have to walk the street. You've got to know the area yeah. uh, ahead. And I think uh, the timing was well, but again, it comes down to location. Yeah, it's a fantastic location. Yeah. Okay. So there we go. What's number two on the list? Number two, this is a big one. And I've learned a lot on this, uh, is plan. You cannot wing this at all. This is not an area to wing. So in my perspective, and man, I've had some colleagues that have done this on their own, both from an architectural standpoint, I give them kudos. I can't do that. I don't have that type of brain. So for me, it's planning with a designer, it's planning with an architect, it's understanding the vision ahead of going out for bid or for getting contracts. And this is a big one, is understanding what your vision is for the clinic that you want to build. So you've got an idea, you've got to get that onto paper and you go, can I be realistic with that? And, or should I be thinking bigger? So in the perspective of the first designer I worked with, um, the group with Animal Arts, Vicki Pollard, who was a previous podcast guest, she took my vision and then we worked through six revisions. Then after Vicki was completed, then I brought on my designer and the next layer. And then we brought on our contractor, the next layer. You have to plan that in. Even even though I think I did a good job, oh wow, did I miss some things? Can't There's some pieces as part of even our room setup. So I'm like, yeah, I wouldn't do that again. Yeah, and you know that day one. Okay, we'll have to touch on those because I'm curious what some of those are. But yeah, good flow here. Took me for a tour. Kind of can can get in and circle the the treatment room, um, and then you had a dental suite, like your own dedicated dental suite and a dedicated surgical suite. 
Um, I thought that was fantastic. I have not worked anywhere that had its own dental suite. It was always sort of part of the treatment room off to the side. But so again, that comes into the planning and the vision from day one. That was, we had to lose some things as part of the plan. We only have so much space. The dental, the dental piece for the wellness proactive clinic that we have set up here, that's a must. hundred percent has to be there both from um, the, the cleanliness factor when you're dealing with dentals from the ability to have the space and the ability to do the great work we want to do. Again, you, you pick and choose and there's things we lost. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Okay. So let's keep rolling. Number three. What's three on the list? Number three. Number three could be one, two, three, four, five combined, all of them. Number three is team, team, team. You have to start with the end in mind, which means we had many conversations. We've been Candace and I, uh, as to what does the vision of this clinic want to look like? What do I want to start? Who do I want to have in it? Not even particularly the people, because I haven't dropped the people in yet at that point, but I sure had a very good idea of the values and the culture that we were going to start with. Yeah. And that sure makes it a lot easier when then you have to go sell that vision and start working on getting the people in. Because if you don't have that right as a startup, I don't know how you do it. Because there is... There is lots of opportunity to just pick and choose. And there still is in this day and age, even when there's veterinary shortages. But we in our group wanted to ensure that we had the right culture. And I think that's what we've come up with. And that's only the start. Then you have to navigate that through the plan. You have to navigate that through the business. You have to navigate it through all of the different roles, which in veterinary medicine you have to have. So again, that's one, two, three, four, and five. Um, it's everything. Culture, yeah. values. We spoke about that with the veg group. Uh, who's doing such a great job, VG. Um, for me, that one, again, it's all of the above. Yeah, and I met most of your team and you can't, I mean, you can train it to a degree, but there's some intangibles that people have to come here with the same you know, values and mission. And, and then you can work with the rest, but yeah, you have to have that base to, to build off of. I have walked these blocks in terms of walk and talks with prospective people. Uh, I don't know how many kilometers I've spent yeah. doing walk and talks with coffees yeah. and just getting to know the individuals that we wanted to have in these clinics. So we'd meet after work, we'd meet in the morning, whenever we could to see if it's a right fit. Cause just as much as you're looking at them as a possibility, they're looking at you as a possible yeah. boss. They need to feel just as comfortable. Yeah. That's really important. And again, just at the start of opening the clinic, it's only the start. Yeah. Like we're already in the hiring phase again, right near here, looking at what do we need to do for expansion? It never ends. Yeah. Okay. Number four, number four, going a little bit back to number two is the business plan. You have to know your numbers. You have to be pretty clear with what your costs are going to be. And when I mean costs, costs relate to both the lease, the operational expenses, but then don't forget about the extras. And this has been a lesson for me. I know my major expenses pretty well. That's the past operational work that I've done in terms of X lab. So your external lab work, your internal lab work, your major pieces of equipment. What I didn't realize in this equipment or in this um, vet clinic build is all those little things that add up. So I ended up buying the equipment from a clinic that was closing down. Best move I could have made. And I recommend that for anyone. If you were able to get good secondhand as a startup, mm -hmm. fantastic way to start. But I still didn't appreciate the thousands of dollars that go into such things as the IT extras, the TVs those equipment pieces. I wasn't going to buy an ultrasound until next year. Guess what? We have an ultrasound in yeah. one of our rooms. That's just the necessities that you need to make sure that your business plan allows for and you have a contingency plan. 
Okay. Same thing goes for your build out document, build out documentations and your contractor. You better make sure you've got a reserve there because yeah. it's going to come into play. What kind of like percentage wise did you have like for contingencies? I used 15. Yeah. And I think we're going to be right around 10. So I'm really happy with that. Yeah. Uh, because that allows us to do now I've used up my extra for equipment. Yeah. So I've gone more equipment heavy than I thought I would. So therefore we've got some more work to do and I'm going to have to cut back on that as a result of it. Mm -hmm. That's just the way it works. So that, uh, it, um, and along with the business plan, I wrote down here, have a lease, which is a no brainer. I realize that, but there's individuals out there that don't have leases. Yeah. Make sure your lease is vetted by a lawyer. Don't do it yourself. Ensure you know that lawyer and make sure it's tight. So there has been multiple instances in my build up where I've had to go back to the lease. We've had to have conversation about what's the landlord's responsibilities, what's my responsibilities. Make sure you know that. Yeah. That I mean, we could do a whole episode on oh. that. There's so much in there and so much stuff that you need to discuss in advance for potential red like problems that might come up. So you know how to deal with it. Cause I know, yeah, you had a few hiccups and it was yeah. you got to go back to the contract and then see what it says and and then have the conversation. So that goes into number five. I wrote this down. Relationships. Yeah. This is not a transactional move in a vet clinic, both from your contractor who he has to be on your side or they have to be on your side because things going, it's going to go south. It is not going to run smooth. There's going to be things that come up and you need to have that base foundation of a trusting relationship with your vendors, with your contractor, with your landlord, with everybody so that we could open when we wanted to. And I'm so thankful for that portion. Uh, because things will go south and it's the relationships that allow them to keep continuing to move forward. Yeah. I always, I always think like you don't really know someone until, until it kind of hits the fan, you know, and now you're facing a problem. You got to navigate it. You know it. So it's, yep. you know, you may as well have a good relationship and go yep. from there. You're going to get way further. Yep. If you're just smashing heads over everything, yep. it's, it probably wouldn't be that fun. I know? agree. No, it wouldn't. And you, you like, again, I wrote this down here. You need to know that when you are smashing heads, because it happens on every project that I've been a part of, um, who's going to deal with that? Mm -hmm. Who's going to deal with the conflict on your team? Whether it's you as the owner or one of the team members that you brought on board, somebody has to do it because you cannot be conflict adverse in a project build out because conflict will come up. Yeah. And we've talked on this on other episodes. You know, if you just, if you're kicking the conflict down the road, you're not doing any anyone any favors, right? If you can no. get it while it's a small, minor thing, deal with it, close that, move on. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Now the thousand steps that are. Yeah. So I've got some extras. Number six and number seven. Okay. I can't help it. Okay. Extras. Some bonus ones. Da, 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 da. Number six, we've already said team. I yeah. have to go back to that again. If you do not have the team and you're working on that early in any day and age, but especially in this day and age, I think you're, you're shit out of luck. Yeah. It's not a solo venture. In my view, it is not. There are lots of veterinarians and here's my opinion out there that want to go do it solo. I do not think in 2021, that is economically the right way to go. It is not the right way to go from a wellness factor. And I think you're setting yourself for a lot of pain. Yeah. Okay. What was bonus, bonus number two? Have fun. Like literally this is a, and I've said that multiple times to our team members, we want to have fun. What is the point to come to work if you're not having fun, especially as a startup where we're working on all our workflows and we know yeah. it's not going to go smooth. Let's have a little bit of fun. Yeah. Let's enjoy what we're doing as we move through this process. And it is a process. So the extra is over communicating 
allowing people to have their time and also recognizing that when things are getting stressful, how do we reduce that stress and ensure we're enjoying the process? Yeah. Yeah. And you took me on the tour. You have a whole nother level that you haven't even developed yet. And you yep. were saying you're going to be putting a wellness room in. Yep. And then you said, I'd love to get a ping pong table in oh, here. We're putting a ping pong putting, table. And in I here. was like, man, what kind of vet clinic has a ping pong table? And he's like, I want everyone to enjoy coming to work. That's it. And then you're going to say, when are they going to do ping? When are they going to play ping pong? I'm like, I don't care if they don't, they don't play ping pong, but at least they've got that ability yeah. to do it. If there's a break in the schedule or lunch break or whatever. That's it. Know? Just something different. Right. And again, that's, that's what we've looked at for this clinic build is what can we do different in 2021, both in terms of the flow in terms of the dynamic, in terms of being a wellness proactive clinic that is going to set us up, our clients up, and our patients for success. Nice. Yep. Okay, real quick, because we're, we're tight on time. You had mentioned there was a few things you would do differently, and I'm sure you'll build more vet clinics. So what will you do differently next time? Give us one or two of those. I'd be tighter around my, contra uh, my contractor documents. So what that means is I did not go with a fine tooth comb and go through the electrical, the mechanical as tight as I should have, because there's pieces that we missed. I missed, I take responsibility for it, that once they've got built, I went, I never would have chosen that. But guess what? It's in the documents. Your trades have built to that spec yeah. and that spec you approved. So who's in, who's, who's at fault? That's me. Yeah. So it's kind of like, are you meaning scope of work? Like not so much scope of work, but making sure that you are paying attention to the details, yeah. the details in the drawings. You need to understand those drawings and you need to know them really well, or you better have somebody that you trust 1000% all the way through that process. Mm -hmm. And that is very expensive. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So that was one thing I learned. Number two, you need to, uh, for me, we've thought far out. And even then I'm like, man, I, I've got to get my vision even bigger. Because the opportunities out there for what people are looking for and how big we can go, and not in terms of physical location, but what are some out of the box ideas that we should be trying that we aren't right now? And am I already limited because of the space that I put in here? I'm not sure yet, yeah. but I think don't don't uh, don't be afraid to try. Yeah, yeah. So and I mean, you're you're fantastic at that. You had the, a space where you're going to do the tele triage, telehealth out of. And then even in your other undeveloped space still, you're like, we're going to figure something out. We'll put something in here then, yep. you know, so it's yep. nice. You have the room to grow into that completely. Yeah. So, yep. That's a learning. Um, number three business plan. Your business plan is gone day one that it opens up. That has done the exact same thing for this uh, venture uh, to the positive. Um, one of my mentors and, and friends just, you know, made mention this morning, cash is king. Don't run out of cash, you run out yeah. of cash, you're dead. Right. So in yeah. terms of looking at your business plan, making sure you're staying tight for my next one, I'll probably stay even tighter because I spent some money here on this project that I probably won't spend on the next one, which is all right. It's the yeah. first get go on my own, but there's already some tweaks in terms of the build out that I don't think I'll need to do on the yeah. next one. Yeah. I think they say plan on your plan, not going to plan. It's one of the sayings I've heard. So it's good to have the plan. So you have the, the rough framework. That's where we're headed. Yeah. But as you said, you're going to get knocked off course and, hiccups along the way so. for sure yeah there's definitely been thousands of dollars burned that burned. need to be burned nice yes okay man well it's great to be here i was pumped walking in this is awesome Smiling. it took us about two minutes to get into the flow of things yeah. just like yeah. if we were separated out so i uh i hope the listeners enjoyed it and get to see our smiling faces and yeah guys this is the plan like 
post-COVID, at some point when it is post-COVID and we're able to get back in person, we're doing this at conferences. Yeah. I'm looking forward to That'll it. That'll be fun. Yeah. So cool. Okay. okay. Well, any parting words on this episode? No, it's a journey, right? If this is something that people are interested in, reach out to us um, and uh, be willing to take the risk. And I think, uh, again, we speak to the veterinary industry and uh, it's a great time to be doing what we're doing, in my view. Thank you for listening to the Veterinary Project Podcast. As a recap, on behalf of our hosts, the Veterinary Project Podcast will be releasing new episodes weekly. So be sure to tune in as we bring you more conversations aimed at helping you enjoy a life well lived. If you enjoyed what you heard on the show and you want to stay in the know, please like, love, and or subscribe to the podcast on the listening platform of your choosing, as we're available on all the usual suspects. If you know of others that may benefit from these conversations, we'd love it if you please share the show with them, as this will help us grow our community to reach more and more veterinary professionals. Speaking of which, if you are a veterinary professional and would like to get connected with more like-minded individuals who are joining us on this journey, please send an email to the Veterinary Project Podcast at gmail.com, and we'll invite you to be a part of our private Facebook group general feedback, requests for information, or perhaps requests to be a guest on the show can also be sent to the Veterinary Project Podcast at gmail.com. Dr. Michael Bug and Dr. Jonathan Light, thank you for listening to the show, and we'll catch you again next week for another episode of the Veterinary Project Podcast. Bye for now. Bye for now.